Welcome to the LU Moment, where we showcase all the great events, activities, programs, and people right here at Lamar University. I'm Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, and I want to welcome everyone back to this week's show, right? All right, guys, so let's go ahead and hop right into our show. Um, joining me today, I have Dr. Lucy Tassato, Assistant Professor of Criminal Justice right here at LU, and Bob Osgood, Director of Digital Forensics at George Mason University. And so the two of these individuals they just uh, published a research paper kind of focusing on exploring careers in cybersecurity and digital forensics. Thank you both for joining me today on the LU Moment. Thank you for having us, Shelby. Thank you. It's a pleasure to invite me. Thank you. So I'm curious to know, can you guys give our audience a little overview? What exactly is cybersecurity? Because I know when I think of cybersecurity, I'm thinking of, um, I don't know, identity theft, maybe. <laughs> or um, getting into my bank account, that kind of thing. So what is cybersecurity exactly? Well, cybersecurity <laughs> is a whole field where we talk about how to not only prevent um, cyber or digital criminal behavior, but also how to address it, how to investigate it, and how to um, preserve information which falls under digital forensics. So cybersecurity is a very big career field right now in the United States. As we know, there are a lot of cyber attacks going on. We yes. need people to respond to all that. We need to, people to gather information which falls under digital forensics. So cybersecurity yeah. is, um, is not only about identity theft. It's, it's quite um, a very broad field, career field. Uh, so uh, uh, the field is very broad. Uh, it's a multi-billion dollar field. Uh, you know, uh, people are in this field, everything from lawyers to computer scientists to criminologists, you name it, that are in the field of cybersecurity. And uh, unfortunately, uh, because of the way the world is today, uh, cybersecurity has become a main focus of many of us. Yeah, so I want to ask you both this because I'm curious since you said it's protecting digital assets. So um, in breaking this down for maybe some of the younger generation who may not be there yet to where they need to protect digital assets, right? Um, is cybersecurity, does that also fall under if someone tries to get into our social media account? And, um, you know, we have to do the two-step authentication and, and all of that, or we have to verify how many fire hydrants do you see or verify you're not a robot? Is Does that fall under that? Yeah, so so I get Lucy. My apologies. Go ahead. No, Bob, you go first. I was telling you to go first. <laughs> okay. So so all the things that you just described uh, mm -hmm. are all facets of of the of the world that we live in, and yeah. and the need to protect uh, our, our digital assets. So you know, clicking on the, like I said, the number of fire hydrants that are in a yes. picture uh, are uh, the reason why we that's that's done today is in order to make sure that hey, there's a human being on the other side of that TCP connection, and that we don't want a computer trying to trick us into divulging information that we shouldn't. Uh, your social media accounts—they're protected by usernames and passwords, right? Yeah. Those. Those that's PII. That's that's personally identifiable information that needs to be that needs to be protected. Uh, when you deal with social media, there's a public side to that, and the side to which you want people to see. Then mm -hmm. there's a personal side to that. There's a personal side that you don't want people to see. And so, uh, as a as a um, uh, as a person that uh, uh, that uses social media, you need to understand that distinction 
And you need to be able to put uh, some basic policies and procedures in place to protect the stuff you don't want people to see. Cybersecurity can be dealt with at the individual level, at an organizational level, yeah. at federal government level, state government, local um, government level. So it has different facets to it. And, and, and as I said before, and Bob agrees, it's a very, very broad field. It can mean different things to different people. So it depends on if you're dealing it with it at the individual level or at the organizational level, or even at the federal, state, or local government level. So I'm really curious. I know in your um, research article, you talked about cybersecurity being a new academic discipline, um, you know, and there's been a rise in cyber attacks. Why do you think there's been a rise in cyber attacks? I mean, hasn't cybersecurity been around for decades now? We, we've been fighting this fight like since the 1980s, but um, cyber attacks really started to become a real issue probably a little less than about 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Where all of a sudden there was a major spike in you name it. Uh, you name you name the attack. It doesn't make any difference what type of attack it was. Uh, but uh, the world all of a sudden woke up and said, hey, there's all this really valuable stuff on the Internet that people are putting there. And they're not really protecting it very well to include not just people, but government agencies, companies. Yeah. Remember, you go back a few years. So. Uh, Go back a few years to when the World Wide Web exploded, right, which is around yeah. 93 to 95. And yeah. com companies were putting things on the Internet willfully that were of major security concern. Why? Because they just didn't understand. It took several years to figure out that, hey, we probably shouldn't have uh, our, the complete design of our network really available to anybody that wants to come and, and, and view, you know, uh, one of our, one of our servers, one of our sites. Right. And so, yeah. but that took time. Right. And also it took time for the bad guys to figure out what a wealth of information and digital gold, if you want to call it, that was out there that they could yeah. ex exploit because of the world of crime, cyber crime, whether the crime be individual or organizational based, or what's even more important, is uh, nation state based or advanced persistent threat based, right? Uh, starts to really, really uh, jump like around probably 2003, right? Which is about 20 years ago. And, yeah. it's, and, and to that point it's continued uh, to really be a, a, a major issue and a major threat. I mean, is there a period of time that doesn't go by where we don't hear some major intrusion? No. I, you know, no. Yeah. You know, uh, Lucy, what do you think about that? Almost every day now. Yeah. Almost every day now you have hear of a cyber attack and everything. From the onset of the internet, from the onset of the World Wide Web, it, yeah. took, it kind of took on a, a life of its own because of the opportunities that were available through digital um, access that people had. Yeah. Now, Bob, you mentioned digital gold. I've never heard that term before, <laughs> digital gold, but I would be willing to bet there's a lot of individuals now um, in today's time, now that technology has evolved and you have things like the cloud, you know, we're all tossing out things on the cloud. I'd be willing to bet a lot of us have a lot of our digital gold right there on the cloud. How can we work to protect things like that? So what do we do? Uh, the, 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 the weakest link in cybersecurity, unfortunately, is us as people. 
Yes. Oh, that's heavy. It really is us. Uh, when, as a digital forensic examiner, when I am trying to uh, go after legally, go after information, whether it be by court order or by consent or by some corp or some company decree or whatever, right? Um, generally speaking, I don't try to beat the encryption. I don't try to beat the algorithms that are there. I, mm -hmm. I, I try to beat the person because the person is the weakest link. Mm -hmm. And think, think, think about that, right? So how, how many of us in the world, I'm going to raise my hand, sometimes I do this too, will take, you know, one of these little post-it notes, right, and write your password on it, right? And then, oh, and then stick, <laughs> stick it onto, they, they, yeah, don't show it, you know, don't, but, you know, uh, we do things like that, right? Yes. Uh, how many people still use the password one, two, three, four? Right? Or use the password password, right? So remember a few years ago, one of the one of the allegations in the in the DNC hack was that one of the high level people were use was using the password password. Right? Don't know if that's true or not, but just just think of the concept of hey, why we need to use more complex passphrases. Things yeah. that we can remember, that's important, but are complicated enough that they can't be guessed uh, through some basic, uh, some basic decryption algorithm. Uh, the other thing, something called encryption at rest. So when you're not using the data and it's sitting on a drive somewhere, whether it be in yeah. the cloud or be on your local hard drive and your laptop or whatever, it's encrypted. So even if somebody gets to the data, it's essentially useless ones and zeros. And last but not least, using multi-factor authentication, as, as you had mentioned earlier, yeah. right? Yeah. So something that you know and something that you have. These things all make it much more difficult for an attacker to get control of what we have. It also makes it more difficult for us to work. Oh, man. So what I hear is that human error is yeah. one of the major reasons why we have so many cyber attacks. Now, Dr. Tosado, from an academic standpoint, um, for those students that are interested in cybersecurity, how are we getting them ready to jump into this field? First of all, they can get our book. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I read it. There's a wealth of information in the book. They can get the education, and then they also need the experience. We also need them to understand that it's a very wide field, so they need to be able to figure out where they fit in that field. We have all the way from computer engineering down to lawyers, we have a place for almost anybody in cybersecurity. And because it's such a new academic field, it's possible for anybody to just jump in. Once they have that passion and that interest, they can actually just jump in and get um, uh, either a degree or some kind of certification. And um, they can get experience also by attending conferences and um, game, um, what do you call them, cybersecurity competitions. We have a lot of that. The second thing is um, look for um, opportunities for them to get certifications. Oh, yes, yes. That's really big in the field. So while education has its part, certification has its part, experience has its part, and all three work together to make a well-rounded um, student or professional in the field. Um, we got about two minutes left or so uh, left in the show, but I wanna, I wanna touch on this though. What sparked both of your passions in cybersecurity? So uh, I, I, let me just go quickly. Uh, so it started where uh, I, uh, I was a rookie FBI agent, otherwise known as a first office agent, 
and I was working some white collar crime cases uh, where we were seizing computers. And this was a million years ago, back in the 1980s. And the problem was there was nobody around to figure out how to effectively and safely and legally extract that data. And this was all done with court orders, search warrants and stuff like that. So I started getting into this as, a, as just as a general need to. Uh, my undergraduate degree is in accounting and economics, but I had a minor in computer science. Uh, so I understood this stuff. And I just started working on computers in the FBI because there was nobody else around. And then basically it ended up just absorbing my life. <laughs> you know, and, and, that, and that's what I just ended up doing. Uh, went on and got a, a graduate degree in network engineering uh, and then just continued and continued and continued learning. And um, that's, that's where I am today. So uh, that's my 30 seconds of fame. Over to you. <laughs> well, for me, it started, I have an accounting background, by the way, Bob, I'm not sure you knew that. My BSc no, I didn't. is accounting. Okay. <laughs> well, I have uh, accounting and then I did MIS as my master's. And in my master's, I focused on security of computers and that was what got me interested. But then I took a career detour and got into criminal justice. So I saw the nexus between criminal justice and crime. Yeah and, yeah. and computers. And I really got interested in that. But what really got me interested was I attended a conference where um, they talked about the education part of it. And that really gripped me that, oh, there is a way I can help students by getting them involved in the field. And that was really what kicked it in for me. The passion to see students excel in this field where there is a wealth of opportunities. There's just opportunities, open doors everywhere if they can just um, get interested in the field. And then secondly, there was a cybersecurity skills gap because even as of now, they talk of a zero unemployment rate in cybersecurity, which um, I won't go into details now, but it's an opportunity for people, students who are criminal justice, engineering, business, um, psychologists, you know, yeah. there's lawyers, there's just an opportunity for anybody if they can find their niche in the field. So that was what fueled my passion. And I started um, writing a book and they connected me with Bob and boom, here we go. Here we are today. Oh man, what I wanna, I wanna thank you both for joining me on the LU Moment today. Thank you so much, Shelby. That thank was, you. Uh, thank one you. last comment, knowledge is power. And the more the more technical knowledge you have, uh, the the better off you can be in this industry. I couldn't have said it better myself, Bob. All right, guys, if you are just tuning in or couldn't stick around for the entire interview, don't worry, I got you covered. You can tune in to the entire interview right now on Spotify or here comes the famous line wherever you get your podcast. Just search LU Moment. This is Shelby Rodriguez, Public Affairs Manager here at LU, the pride of Southeast Texas.